The Death of the Art podcast is a Neon Crypt production and is recorded in York, North Yorkshire, England. My name is Dorian Deathley, a ghost tour guide and professional spookologist. And I'm Dee Dee Deathley, spook enthusiast and professional ghost botherer. Expect extreme ghostly peril and be warned, some mildly spicy language may occur. Record the what? Record a fart. Right. And then turn it into intro music. Do you remember? I do. I do. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, I just started recording, by the way. Not sure, if, not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, welcome to this, the Deathly Dark podcast. In your ears. Like thick wax, oh. just just glooping up the hole. Can't hear anything else. Blah, blah, blah. Um, before we go any further, um, well, I suppose, good, good. Hello, hi, um, and hello to you people out there listening. We're gonna uh, just me- mention briefly. Uh, we we have a sponsor now. We do. The Deathly Dark Podcast has an actual sponsor. Moving up in the world. Moving on up in the world. Uh, the Deathly Dark Podcast is officially now sponsored by Luminosity Designs. Luminosity Designs are this uh, wonderful little lighting shop based in Driffield, and they make uh, all manner of strange and interesting items, as well as new things as well. So they take old, interesting antique lamps and they refurbish them and mm-hmm. make them available to people. They take um, beloved treasures and restore them. But they also sell new things. They sell wonderful lights and switches and gadgets and And gadgets. I tell you what, they install they do. ceiling fans. And we had that done. And that's how they are now our, our sponsors. <laughs> we basically said, give us a ceiling fan and we'll... Shamelessly plugging on the podcast. Um, <laughs> as the heat wave ravaged Yorkshire, ooh, laying on that bed in nothing but your kecks, your buttocks presented to the air. With a cat next to you. Cat sweating through its fur next to you in the fan. <laughs> Blowing like a like a cold mouth. I'd say it's more of a... It's very quiet, isn't it? It's a very quiet fan. It doesn't really, doesn't mm. really keep you... Awake at night. Mm. Mm. No, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't keep me awake no. at night. No. Well, the thing we need to stress is... And that that's the installation. It we, was very yeah, good. We, we, well, we bought the fan ourselves, and then they came and installed it for us. But they've done all sorts of things for us. So, yeah, you know at the moment it's difficult to find a tradie. We've had trouble finding people to come and do things to our house. That's true. The backlog, obviously, caused by the world falling over. Uh, and, and Luminosity are awesome. They're very, they're very reliable. They're very affordable. Uh, and they're based in Yorkshire. And if you're in Yorkshire and you need an electrician, you need some lighting, Luminosity Designs. There you go. There's the, there's the ad out of the way. Brilliant. They were great. They've, they've illuminated our backyard for us with some outdoor lighting so we can watch Dougie poop. Dougie's our dog, by the way, not our child or some random name that we have. Just, 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 oh, Dougie's in the backyard again, just crap. Turn the lights on, Just make sure I can see what he's doing. You're right there, mate. (laughs) That is the noise he makes sometimes when he strains. Also not as spooky out there now. No, 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 but we, 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 but, but brilliantly though, we, on, on theme, I would say our new outdoor lighting, like branded, because they, they, they look like old Victorian street lamps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they've got filament bulbs in them, so they look really good, and they're all outdoorsy and safe, and he did a really nice job hiding the cave. In. And I love him. I think he's the best. I think he's the best electrician in the world, and I'll, I'll fight anyone that <laughs> dares to challenge it. He will as well. You I should will. see his face right I'm now. I'm a big man, and I've got nothing got left to live out. for. <laughs> Oh. Cut my neck out. <laughs> uh, on a very brief, t- oh, a quick tangent, that's reminding me of something. Um, for those of you regular to the, the Deathly Dark Tours, you'll know about Philip the Pigeon. Philip, of course, is a pigeon. All Philips. All, fi- all Philips are pigeons and all pigeons are Philips. And tonight on my tour, outside of the York Minster, a massive Philip, proper big lad. Stonking Philip. A big stonking Philip. He properly rubber-necked it at my group. It was fantastic. <laughs> you know when they do that? And they're, they're, yeah. and I pointed it out and I said, it's funny because it's such an aggressive move, but it's a move made by um, drunken middle-aged men outside of bars. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. And their head's going back and forth like a pigeon and the chest comes out. And I was like, it's hilarious to think. So, yeah, basically we nearly got taken out by a massive stonking Philip tonight. But we survived and we've, 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 we thrived and here we are. And how the bloody hell are you, Mrs. Deathly? I'm great, thanks, Dawes. Good. Having a lovely day Dorian, today. Dorian, actually, not... not <laughs> mm, savagery. Coming around here, wow. using, using my, my Tuesday name. Wow. Who there? Stonking Philip, do you think you are? <laughs> and how was your tour tonight? You had a tour, didn't it you? It was lovely. I've just come off the, the, the back of a long weekend of tours, so I've done mm-hmm. three tours over the last three nights. And we're in the middle of June and it's quite warm. And I've had to hang up the swoopy jacket for a little while, which it's is a cheese shame. season. It is cheese season. It's the it's for it's for breeze cheese season. For breezy cheesy. Other laundry sniffy products are available. That's They're not true. sponsored by Febreze yet. Um yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. Friday was brilliant. Last night, I didn't feel like I was on particularly top form because it was very hot and I was very tired. Um, today was it was nice. It was like it was like it was like eighteen degrees rather than twenty seven degrees, that and that treat, didn't make a difference. I didn't feel like I was dehydrated. Didn't feel like my eyes had burst into flames inside of my face, mm-hmm. which is always. You know, it's a, as a as a you know, I've got a fairly low bar of comfort these days, and 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 my eyes not being a flame in my own skull, is <laughs> <laughs> up there. You know, like Alan Nicholas Cage. You're like, oh no, you're right. No, my eyes are on fire again. Ghost Rider, that was. I thought you were not just Nicholas Cage, Cage, just in general, just like, <laughs> how did you burnt? It's just his eyes burning away. Why are we six minutes into the podcast talking about Nicholas Cage's flaming eyes already? We are not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about something else. What are we talking about tonight? Today we're talking about Robert the Doll. Mm. I know, you love him, don't you? You love a creepy doll. Bloody hell, Robert. Do you want to, do you want the facts to start with? Yeah, sure. Like, break us down with some Bre- Robert break, the Doll break, break it down, facts. Robert the Doll. So, for those of you that don't know, Robert the Doll is a bit of a monstrosity. He's believed to be a haunted doll um, who resides currently in the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, otherwise known as the East Martello Tower. Um, oh, I found this. Martellos are small defensive forts, 
um, built across the British Empire through the 19th century. And I thought, oh, maybe Clifford's Tower might be a Martello. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't think it is. Uh, it's not oh, part of a modern Roman castle. I know, I know. The history of Robert is a strange one. Um, it first belonged to a young boy by the name of Eugene Robert Otto. Or Robert Eugene Otto. It's sort of debated whether he was Eugene Robert Otto or Robert Eugene Otto. For the sake of the podcast, I'm going to simply call him Otto. Because Robert was the name of the doll and the name of the boy. And obviously that can get quite confusing. So when we say Robert, we're going to be talking about the doll. And when we say Otto, we're going to be talking about the boy who became the man. Uh, The doll we'll talk about, we'll say Robert, and we talk about um, the man, the boy... Um, We'll talk about Otto. He was an artist. He was an eccentric artist, was Otto. Uh, He was a member of a very prominent Key West family, very rich, very, very wealthy. Um, The doll, so Robert, was bought by Otto's grandfather. That's believed um, in in 1904, around about then. Uh, And he was manufactured, and I don't, I'm going to probably mangle the pronunciation here, Stife or Correct. Stife Company. Yeah, it's a well-known toy bear manufacturer. Yes, they actually, yeah, they, um, they're responsible for like the early design of the teddy bear mm-hmm. based upon the, apparently based upon Teddy Theodore Roosevelt. Hmm. Apparently. Interesting. I've, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I'm not, not obviously not, not, in, not in the flesh if I met Theodore Roosevelt, but, you know, from paintings to photographs. I wouldn't particularly say he looked like a teddy bear, but there you go. There you have it. Um, so it was purchased as a a birthday gift for Otto. Um, now, there's one thing that's really this this took me about. I think it was about I was on web page website number twenty by this point, just looking for anything else I could find, and I found out that it is very unlikely that Robert the doll was intended to be a toy. Did you hear about this? If you if you, if you mm. find it so. It, it was believed that he was maybe built as part of a set uh, of a window display. Clowns. Clowns. Yes. Trapeze artists, clowns, jugglers, mm-hmm. and Robert was part of that. The suit that he currently wears in the museum, the glass box, he wears a little sailor suit. It's a bit creepy, isn't it? And it's believed that that was Otto's sailor suit that Otto would have worn as a small boy. So at some point, Otto outgrew the suit and decided to put it on his best friend, Robert. So here's where uh, what I know about Robert the Doll differs. Mm -hmm. I read that they had people working for them, the Otto family. Yes. And they didn't treat them very nicely. And one of the housekeepers was sacked uh-huh. and I read that she was practicing witchcraft and she gave the doll to child Otto and it was cursed. Yeah, well, I, I read a quote. It said, um, uh, a young girl of um, bah- Bahamian descent, which means from the Bahamas, mm-hmm. practicing voodoo and gave him the doll as an act of river as a cur- already cursed before robert got it and mm-hmm. it was that was that was one thing but yeah the, the other stories that was the grandfather the other story is that the doll came from i i'm more inclined to lean towards it was the doll bought because normally they but say, if it wasn't if it was from a window display uh-huh. if they're a rich family why would he not have just bought well all of them the doll 
rather than well maybe 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 baby otters saw um the saw the doll the figure and was like I want it maybe uh, due to the money that the man had he just went I want that uh, I guess it's, it's not for sale it's in the fellow in the shop but it's not for sale mate everything you'll find everything's for sale Great. for the right price American accent <laughs> was that an American accent it wasn't I wasn't I wasn't attempting to be American <laughs> hey guys <laughs> the doll's not for sale yeah see right another thing I want to address okay at this point is do you know how tall Robert the Doll is? 40 inches. It's like 90 centimetres. Like three rulers. Yeah. That's tall. Mm. That's freaky. That's like... Like just shy of a metre. Knee high. Shy of a... You don't need it to be a metre. A child does not need a metre. I put it to you that when he was bought the doll, uh-huh. he was the same height as Smaller. It. The doll was bigger than him. That's not right. Yeah. I brought you a friend. And it was had the same name as him. Well, he named it. That's messed up. Apparently he named it. In a bit of an Not ego, very inventive. An egotistical move, I think. Bought you a doll, Dee Dee. Oh, thanks. I what are you going to call it? I'll call it Dee Dee. Well, he treated it like it was his best friend. He took it everywhere with him. Um, he would often have conversations with it for long periods of time. He would sit and talk to it as if it were a person, allowing gaps for responses. So people would see him sitting there talking about it, talking to it, and then we were like, yeah, so what do you think? I know, I know. No, we can't kill all of them. Not without getting caught again. Kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make light of this. Don't make light of it, no. We, we, we Apologise, Robert, we'll talk about that in a while. We don't wish to... We don't wish to in, invoke the wrath. So, yeah, he was... Uh, Robert the doll was stored at... The family home of uh, 534 Eaton Street. And, of course, Otto grew up and went away to study uh, art in New York and Paris, actually, leaving the doll behind. And he marries Annette Parkson and they return to the house where Robert lives. And they live there until 1974 when Otto passes away. Annette passed away two years later. Uh, For 20 years after that, the house, including Otto, was owned by Myrtle Router or Router, including Robert the doll. Including Robert the doll, he lived there. I'll talk about it in a moment. And the current owners, they use it minus Robert as a guest house. In 1994, Robert the doll was donated to the East Martello Museum, bringing us to where he currently resides. Now, when um, Robert lived in the house, when Otto went away to study, the Doll was put up in the attic, and there was a window in the attic, and school children used to report seeing the doll looking at them as they passed by. They'd walk past the house, and he would be there looking out of the window. No. Uh, he used to mock them, they said. It used to taunt them from the window, and children would refuse to go that way. If the parents took them, they'd be like, I don't want to go down there. That's where... Taunty eyes the doll that's is. That's where, where Robert, Robert the, the ragamuffin lives constantly people would see cats crossing the lawn of the house and suddenly the cat would wow jump up like something had like scared the life out of it and run like lightning dogs would go low put their feet out splayed out and with their noses pointing towards the attic the most horrible thing is that allegedly when myrtle ruta lived there she would she would put the doll in the attic and then over the course of the next week she would find it 
downstairs in one of the particularly one one of the, as a, a rocking chair that Robert favoured. She'd find Robert just sat all forty inches of him just sat in the rocking chair. No. <laughs> For the most part, Robert and Otto were best friends. They got along really, really well. But there were a few incidents where things went a bit horribly wrong. There was one incident where Otto's mother hears the noise, this screaming coming from the bedroom. And there's all this crashing and banging and things getting smashed about. She opened the door and she found Otto in the middle of the bed, all kind of curled up in a little tiny fetal ball, looking absolutely terrified. And the furniture was all upside down, toys and items were smashed and shattered. And then just sitting in the middle of it all, like a good boy, was Robert the doll. He just sat there. And Otto held fast for all of his life that the doll did it. His mother thought that Otto had done it. She was obviously convinced, you know, taking the the cynical, more rational approach. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, Otto held that Robert did it. He was was Robert. In fact, Otto would blame Robert for things all the time. And that's a theory that some people believe that by constantly blaming this item for all of these, it's almost putting that energy into it. That's what made Robert the way he is, sort of gave mm-hmm. him his power. Almost like he got so, so upset by being constantly the, the scapegoat and getting oh, the blame no. for all of this stuff that it, it kind of all the, it manifested in him somehow. He turned him into okay. that thing that he is. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Do you know it's, it's caused accidents? Have you heard about this? No. Um, so you mentioned earlier on about not making light of Robert. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you explain that a little bit more? Um, I mean, just like, don't, don't, don't pick on him. Don't pick on him. Don't laugh about him. Uh huh. Why? What happens? Because I don't know. Like he'll come and get you, or make bad things happen to you. <laughs> no, I don't think he comes and gets you personally. I don't think he climbs um, out of his little glass box. I think don't. No, no, don't fight Robert the doll. <laughs> no, I think it's more that bad energies will find you. It's a, it's a negative energy that that you know upsetting him. Mm-hmm. And the way that he gets upset more at the moment is that people have this habit of um, he's become a tourist attraction. Basically, people people come to see Robert the doll at this museum at the East Martello Museum. In fact, the um, one of the curators at the museum he they, they get quite annoyed because what happens is people go along and they they poke the bear, don't they? Mm-hmm. They that that awful, you know, don't step on the landmine. Most humans are like, you can't tell me what to do, and they'll step on the landmine. Oh yeah. Get their legs blown off and then be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you blew my legs off." Um, but people will go to the Martello Museum and they will they will actively engage with Robert in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll knock on the glass and they'll they'll openly mock him. Um, it's said you're not supposed to as as with the person, don't take photographs of them mm-hmm. without asking permission. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't mind people taking photographs of him, but he says he'll make he'll make it known. So you'll ask him, you know, is it okay if I take a photograph of you? And you'll you'll just know. You'll just know if it is or it isn't. And if it isn't, just don't take a photograph of him. Oh, simple as that. God, you'll get a vibe. You'll get this vibe that that's not all right. Even people that aren't particularly, um, if you feel like you shouldn't. Yeah. Then don't. Trust your gut, as they say. Trust their gut. So people that do take the photograph, people just march in there, you know, throw up a duck face and take a, 
a photograph in front of Robert the doll. Then they say that they go away and they say that life has taken a strange turn. They'll say that things oh. aren't quite right. That's what you get, That's isn't what it? You get. They say that things, people report financial troubles. Uh, uh, the phrase that people at the museum have, have coined is post-visit misfortunes. Mm. You are experiencing a case of post-visit misfortunes for not respecting Robert the doll. It's funny because that um, same thing is said to happen if you take something from 30 East Drive, where we mm-hmm. went last year. Yes, if you take if you um, un, un, uninvitedly liberate something, which we didn't. Mm-mm. We were very. Well, we did worry that we'd got a stone from the driveway or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we found a random little item amongst. I can't remember what it was. It was something really strange, and we were like, "Oh my god, have we have we accidentally pilfered something?" Thirty East Drive. If you don't know, Thirty East Drive is the most haunted house in all of England. Really small random fact about Robert the Dom that I find really unsettling, and I don't know why this is the thing I find the most unsettling, is that Robert has his own toy. Mm-hmm. He has a battered old dog with a lolling tongue and sticking out eyes. And he just, he, it's just, it's its like it's just there in his hand, this little, it's a, a toy owned by a toy. Mm. Mm. And he's filled, I don't like this, he's filled with a substance, a material called wood wool. What's wood wool? Wood wool is slivers of wood, really fine slices of soft wood. Oh, hmm, not heard of that. To create a, an innards. He's included on a ghost tour. Hmm. Um, there's a ghost tour stop that talks about him. You can get Robert the Doll merchandise. I've seen that, yeah. Cups, T-shirts, mouse pads. It's mad. Keychain. Keychain. <laughs> uh, you can do an overnight stay mm. with Robert the Doll. Really? In uh-huh. the museum? In the museum. Oh. Uh, Robert, Robert receives letters. Every day receives two to three letters, mostly from people asking for forgiveness. Uh-huh. People who took selfies. Sorry for upsetting you, Robert. Um, yeah. It, like you say, no selfies, no videos, no photos without asking first. You never openly mock Robert. You never stand in front of him and pull faces or, or, or bang on the glass, as I said, because it will cause the curse to follow you. And... People obviously hear that, and it's that, like I say, it's a, don't poke the bear. They, mm-hmm. they they go, they poke the bear, oh, the bear gets boy. angry, and then they write letters to the bear saying, please stop chewing my legs. <laughs> I'm not having a good time. I didn't mean to do a wee in your cave. Some go back, and they leave Robert presents. They like leave what? sweets, money, and on several occasions, joints. And what does he do with them? No, nothing. The, the museum have actually asked them, asked people to stop doing it because they say, at the end of the day, it is still a museum, <laughs> which I don't <laughs> really know what that means. Um, I, I just kind of love that idea. That, but what I love most is that someone's leaving joints for Robert to mm. calm him down. Have this. It's very inappropriate, says the, the museum it's staff. It's full of wood. Yeah, it's very, very... He can't smoke anything. Inappropriate. Robert the doll. I hope we've informed you of him. There are other haunted dolls, though. Oh, God. So I'm going to talk about the other haunted dolls in a, in a moment. What I want to talk about first is, is this idea. So we talked, that was the history. That was, all, that was basically loads of stuff we found out about Robert the Doll, this 40-inch wood uh, wool-stuffed monstrosity who now lives in a glass box in a museum in Florida, and people 
annoy and he gets angry and chases them through the streets at night with a, a hedge trimmer. I don't know. But my question is, and I put this to you, Mrs. Deathly, Go for it. why are we, and I'm talking we as in just, just the general population, why are people just afraid of dolls? What is it about them that we <laughs> don't like? I would say it's something to do with the fact that they look human, uh-huh. but are... Not. <laughs> no, well, yeah, they're not. But they're like ob- objects. They don't move, uh-huh. but they look like they could and should. Uh-huh. So your imagination runs wild, doesn't Fills it? Fills in the gaps. Also, Chucky. Well, yeah, but Chucky's a very new... <laughs> there was a, a guy called uh, Masahiro Mori who wrote an essay in 1970 and... The translate my, my pronunciation is going to be way off, obviously. Bukimi Notani, which basically means the valley of eeriness. Mm. And it's this idea that he wrote an essay about how robot makers are going to face challenges in making robots look human. They're going to, how do you make a, an artificial thing look human? And that's where the word valley of eeriness um, is. That's where one half of uncanny valley comes from. Mm-hmm. That idea that, you know, you see robots, modern robots today, they have faces on. Yeah. They they're, they look human, but they're not right. And there's an eeriness to that. There's like a broken, it's almost like a staccato in the way their faces are mm-hmm. moving. Kind of, it's not right. And it's believed that the, the dolls, um, toys, human forms that aren't human, the reason why we perceive them with fear is because we're looking to them for social clues or cues. So we're looking at them to behave in a certain way. You are a human shape. You should therefore behave in a certain way. And when you don't get that, your brain kind of goes, oh, this mm-hmm. is not the information I was expecting to receive. Mm. And in some, and you can interpret that as fear. Interesting. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Also, they're just bloody horrible. <laughs> the little some cold dead eyes. Oh, gosh. Some of them China are dolls. horrifying. Which brings me on to a brilliant place. And we can get down here. We can get to this place. Mm-hmm. It's in London. And I hope it's still open. It's called Pollock's Toy Museum. It's a... An old building. It's said to have lovely low ceilings, thick carpets and creaking stairs. Almost like it's been pulled out of a Dickens novel. And there's rooms full of old toys. So there's like little little cars, tractors, tin soldiers. They've got a 4,000-year-old mouse, which has been made. <laughs> Does he have a little top hat and a cane? Oh, no, there. It's like it's meant like a little little figure of a mouse that's been made from clay from the, the Nile. Mm. It's maybe four thousand years old. Wow. It's one of the, it's a tricky one. It's one, how how do you how do you prove? Yeah, you can't that? really cut it in half and count the rings. Exactly. How many rings does his mouse have? But then there are the dolls. There are dolls. There are in one room alone over a hundred and fifty of them. How big is the room? Into, not big enough. Shut up, no. Crammed into cabinets. Yeah. Uh, there is one where there's a small, uh, like an iron bed head, like a bed frame, bed headboard, and there are about two dozen of them, like pushed up against it like they're sat there in bed just watching the world go by there's real there's real there's real terms for it um pediophobia is a fear of dolls really mm-hmm. pediophobia is a fear of dolls um you have and this is a tricky one to pronounce this automatonophobia automaton so oh, like automaton you know mm-hmm. the autom- automatonics yeah. automatonophobia 
And this is awful. This is the broad fear of humanoid figures. Oh God! Imagine if you had that. I know no. because you've you, you're in a humanoid. You are you're in a human. So you'd, you'd see a mirror and be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> 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 you know, oh god. Oh. Um, get up in the morning and just be like, "Oh!" <laughs> just slamming a shave in the mirror while screaming, <laughs> fright. Oh god! No, no, look at me. Um, Postman knocks on the door. Uh, Popophobia, specifically the fear of puppets. Popophobia, paedophobia, and of course, autonomate, automatonophobia. It's a mouthful, <laughs> isn't it? Um, people have panic attacks in the doll room. It's the last room under the museum, and you have to walk through it to get out. That's mean. And the guy that own, one of the guys that owns it has actually said, you know, we have considered moving the room, but it's just, it's just too funny. It's too good. You know, and if you're really scared of dolls, you wouldn't go in there, would you? No, if you're really you've done it to yourself, yeah, yeah, you, 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 you should have to walk through that again. Room. You've poked the bear, exactly. You know, yeah. No, but I think, I think it's more that like it ambushes you a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't you maybe kind of go, oh, a toy museum. That's a lovely way to spend some time. Um, children don't get freaked out in there. Children mm. don't get freaked out. In the doll room. Because they can talk to them. They can hear them answer. Oh, God, maybe they're just having... They walk in and they're like, God, it's loud in here. The parents are like, what? Like, oh, Do you not remember this? doll conversations? No. Wait, was that just me? Uh-oh. Is this, have, you got, have you got your very own Robert the doll lurking out there? Yeah, I used to have a, a, a toy baby doll called Angela. Well, people really freak out um, during wintertime when the room is darker. And there's not as much natural daylight coming in. That's when people really, really get out there. Now, one last thing on the dolls before we move on to our guest interview is there are other haunted dolls. There's the most famous one, which is the Raggedy Ann doll. It's Annabelle. Okay. Yeah. Annabelle, of course, uh, very recently thrust into popular culture by the uh, conjuring films mm-hmm. with Ed and Lorraine Warren because they're real people and they have the uh, Warren's Occult Museum where the Raggedy Ann doll, um, known as Annabelle, lives in a glass box she lives with, a, with a do not open sign on it. And then, of course, there's a film called Annabelle and Annabelle Comes Home where someone opens a box. Annabelle Comes Home, I thought, Spoilers. was really good. Like, comparatively, mm. the first... The, you know the insidious and the conjuring and the the the, the what's the other one the, the the I don't know those those the, that the Blumhouse umbrella of films, mm-hmm. they're, they're, I find them to be very entertaining, but a bit like sort of superhero films, I find them to be kind of you what it's almost like a fast food. You sort of eat it and mm. go, that was all right. That was that was enjoyable. Think at the about time. it for a few weeks. Yeah, and then Get immediately sleep, forget, and then and you know you'll get the same thing every time. Annabelle 2, Annabelle Comes Home, is set in, it's just set in a house. It's just the one we've done once just set in the house. It's the Do babysitter. Remember. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really simple. It was really tight and fast-paced and it's genuinely scary. Like, And it's got a really great, like, 1980s soundtrack to it. Like, the kind of really good 80s kind of synthy, boom, 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 boom. boom. Bit John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one. Okiku. Okiko is a haunted doll who lives in Japan in a, uh, a rather sort of a, a holy temple now to keep her at peace. Oh. In 1918, uh, it was bought by Okiko Suzuki, um, a young girl of the Suzuki family. She sadly died two years after buying the doll, and the family believed that her spirit, her ghost, had become trapped in the doll. 
Oh. And they started guarding it, and strange things started to happen. Oh, I need to, I need to so look into that. So eventually, they, 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 she, she got put into a temple, a holy site, to sort of calm her down a bit, chill her out. Um, we didn't find much about this one, but there's one called Mandy, who lives in, um, is it Quesnel? Quesnel, Quesnel, in British Columbia. Um, and they don't know much about, all they know is built in either England or Germany. So, you know, really narrow that down. Uh, between the years 1910 and 1920. And she now lives in a container in a museum with a toy lamb sewn into her hand and eyes that follow people around the room. And finally, we have Lily the Doll. And Lily the Doll is a really good one. Where do you find Lily the Doll? You find her in your house. No. That's all it says. No. You find Lily the doll in your house. Historians have tracked Lily's background to the early 1600s, unearthing reports of occult practices, pagan rituals and warding rites used by the Dutch colonists of Lower Manhattan. Handmade figurines, like Lily, were left out to frighten off spirits and New World ghosts, which was an archaic custom dating back to the Vikings and the Romans. The conquerors of foreign lands brought with them a piece of their folklore's protection. The original Lily... The original one believed to be the very first one made because there's loads of these. Now, Lily is like, it's it's a name used to describe one of these dolls that people make to mm-hmm. ward off spirits. But the original one was delivered to a member of a paranormal research group who said, I simply found the box one morning outside my house with a letter inside saying not to put her near mirrors, never to have her in the room you fall asleep in. I did an experiment once where I left a flashlight next to her, turned off but with full batteries, and in the morning the batteries are flat, like she'd drained the power out of them. My cat would not go near her, my dog would stare and growl. Sometimes I'd be woken up in the middle of a deep sleep and I would smell burnt toast. Sometimes a sweet, fruity smell. And this is the bit that really upsets me. Lily's favourite colour is red. That's all I know. So you use Lily to ward off other ghosts and ghouls around Halloween. You put Lily on a porch, hang her on a door, put her on a shelf, use her to scare her, family, friends, children, make Lily move around and appear in different places. Terrify children and scare your friends and family. Lily's a new Halloween season tradition. Great all year round. Lily will ship within three business days of your order. That's right, you can buy yourself a Lily. Oh. And guess no. what? No, I've Dorian. One. I've bought one. But better than that, I've bought two. What's wrong with you? I'm going to give one away. <gasps> We're going to have a competition on the yes. Facebook page in the next couple of weeks, and you can win your very own Lily the Doll. Wow. Bought by my own pocket. Now, interestingly, research uncovered the fact that the doll was crafted to mimic the infamous Elizabeth Bathory. And Elizabeth Bathory's, she was part of a thing called the Countess Menace. Um, she was a noblewoman condemned in the 1600s, believed that she killed over 650 people. Elizabeth Bathory, often referred to as the Count Blood, the Blood Countess and Countess Dracula, a limited edition doll reproduced amongst the uh, original Lily. She's the best option to spice up the spirit of Halloween season in your home. Amazing. I have the one f- question for you, Dorian. Go on. How tall is she? Um, I genuinely... Don't know. If they want you to put her in a door wreath or in a uh-huh. pumpkin, she can't be that big. They're made by a company called US Ghost Adventures, 
they have a thing called Ghost Flicks, which is a, they were doing live ghost tours right. during the pandemic, just like we were. And they've done loads. They've been to Orlando Haunts. Um, they've been to Lizzie Borden's um, anniversary reenactment, Gatlingburg Haunts, San Diego Ghosts. There's loads of them. And it looks like you can just watch them all on their on their website, which is very cool. So I'm going to check. I'm going to check that out, and I'll let them know that we mentioned them in the podcast, and that we've we've bought the dolls and we're giving one away. So there you go, horrible, scary dolls um, competition to win Lily the ghost online soon. Once they once once she arrives, I guess once she turns up, yeah. I think it's going to be like mid July. So it's going to be a few weeks before she arrives. But when she does, we will launch the competition. Anyway, open the doors. Turn on the fog machine. It's time for another guest on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Hello. the Deathly Dark podcast. Hi. Donald Deathly. Hi. My name's Donald the Don Deathly. That's the one. I like that. Um, for those of you that were paying attention last year, and if you weren't, what's the matter with you? Mm. Donald, of course, came with us on our uh Spiritual journey to number 30 East Drive, mm. the most haunted house in all of England. I still think about it. Yeah, I still very often wake mm. up, you know, with a sweat and it's remember. Easily the most haunted place I've ever been. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. an interesting evening. And, and the reason why we, we sort of, it's a thin link, mm. but obviously this episode is talking about Robert the doll. Um, and when we went to 30 East Drive, there were dolls. There were some dolls yeah, there, so we thought, say, well, there's the connection. I don't think the link is as thin as you're making out, to no, be no. honest. One of the dolls in that house could easily have been Robert, and we'd have no. never known. So, with, with that, for context... Mm, um, yeah, we, we went, should backtrack we went to, Yeah, we went to, of course, we went to, went to 30 East Drive for a night of live stream shenanigans, and on the, the first floor of the house, in one of the bedrooms, was a, just a huge collection of porcelain dolls with the tiny... Little pale faces and their cold black eyes. The house really did get worse uh-huh. every time I opened a door. Yes. <laughs> every time I opened a door. We, yeah. we started out, you walk in, and it, it's kind of like a fairly standard, though very outdated, council house. Mm-hmm. Much like you'd see any kind of semi-detached house in the north of England. In the 70s. Very, very much of the vibe. Looks Someone like your grandma's pause. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's, there's all sorts of little things around that you think aren't quite right. But for the most part, the downstairs is... Is fairly normal. And mm-hmm. then you go upstairs and it mm. immediately goes downhill. Mm-hmm. The, the first door I opened was was the bathroom, which was actually where where that man supposedly... Yeah, he died. ...died. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they obviously hadn't changed anything since that had happened. And no. that, that was quite an eerie look. I didn't go in there. Did you not? No. It was not... Like, it was probably the most normal room of the house yeah. in a strange way. And yet it, it was definitely the room I was least mm-hmm. comfortable in. Easily, so th- what I thought was interesting. So let's. So I'm gonna. We're gonna backpedal even further even now. Further. Um, Back in time. So the big question is, and this is the same question we posed to Jack: mm. Do you believe in ghosts? Mm. My immediate response is, 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 is no. Fair, really fair. How That's my immediate you? response. I know. Yeah, I'm a- H- however, I I do believe that there are plenty of things that go on in this world that are very difficult, Mm -hmm. near impossible to explain. And I'm more than open to anyone who has any theories as to why those things might exist. The reason why I've asked you such a blunt 
version mm. of that question. Yeah, you've really just yeah, outed yeah. me right outed away you. in front it's, of the audience. because as we were driving over from, from York to Pontefract for the night in East Drive, mm. um, you know, you, you you were being quite, you know, you've been a bit dismissive about it all. You were kind of like, yeah, you know, flippant. whatever. Yeah, flippant. <laughs> flippant is a great word. Um, but then when we got in the house, your mm. attitude did change mm. quite immediately. And I thought that was quite hilarious to be honest and amusing to me that you were this sort of stoic now nah, this is just going to be a you know a night of fun banter and then after I, about a minute in the house i felt you were... like you felt the ghosts might have heard you talking crap mm. about them there was definitely an element of respect talking, <laughs> yeah. that i was Smack trying about the to spooks. show yeah i think that's Smack. why i think that's why the bathroom in particular made me uncomfortable because uh-huh. like go- ghosts or no ghosts a man did die in the bathroom yeah and knowing that people have experienced things mm-hmm. in that house, I was thinking if there's a room that I'm not like super keen to spend time in, mm-hmm. it's it's that one. Um, but maybe that's a little bit short sighted. It's almost like um, it's like the easy line to draw, isn't it? Uh-huh. Man dies in bath, don't go in bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was in a horror movie, it's like, well, you there's know, the first rule, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't go in the bathroom. Felt right, felt right, but but yeah. I, I, I would definitely try to show the place the respect that I, uh-huh. I thought it deserved because obviously some some very strange, very uns, uh, upsetting and unsettling things had happened in there and, and I wanted mm-hmm. to give it the respect it deserved. And then I felt like it respected me back by yeah. teasing me with a number of little things that even now I still can't <laughs> quite explain. Quite explain. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, again, we've ended up with a very similar dynamic at the table that we had in the last episode. You yeah. have Mrs. Deathly, who's very much in the camp of absolutely ghosts are real, fight me. Um, I, I began my journey into all of this, um, you know, because... One thing I want to say very quickly uh, is if, you, if you're if you sort of sat here scratching your heads going, 30 East Drive, what on earth are you talking about? Mm. You have to jump back a couple of episodes. I think mm-hmm. it's episode four or three. One of them is is a, it's a special episode. It's, it, was, it was recorded live at 30 East Drive. So if you haven't listened to that one, maybe stop this one now, go back, listen to that one, and then come back here again. We'll wait. But welcome back. So you've listened to the one the 30 <laughs> East Drive. That was, re- yeah, was quick, really impressive. Um, but yeah, it was it was... A very strange evening, mm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, there's, there's the, I, what, what, what I was saying was that I, I obviously, Mr. Deathly very much believing. You're saying, you know, no, and I'm, I'm sort of in the middle. I mm. sort of, am, I'm, a, I'm very cynical about these things, and I, I worked as a, I've been working as a ghost tour guide for um, eight, seven or eight years now, something like that. Mm. Um, the Deathly Duck Tours has only really existed for a couple of years. I wasn't really ready for the sheer onslaught of uh, information that I was going to s- sort of pile into my head. Over, you know, all the all the books, the academia, everything that I've read, the, the the courses that I've completed in parapsychology and such to get these weird little diplomas off the internet that mean absolutely nothing at the end of the day, but they cost me thirty pounds and they look really good. Um, but with that came an understanding of the sciences behind it all. Um, but through the early stages of the Deathly Dark tours, we were living in a very new build flat. It was a very new building. Um, I'd grown up in an old Victorian townhouse in Scarborough and there were always some weird things going on there, but I was always a bit dismissive of it. But ever since moving into our new house, which is the factory house on the outside of the city near Poppleton Road, I just immediately, um, the, we've had such bizarre goings on there mm. that I'm just, that I can't, there's no, re- there's no reference for them. There's no frame of 
explanation. I just have to, I just had to sort of go, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something there, you know, mm. you know, there's no, you know, seeing doppelgangers of Mrs. Deathly on the lower floor, seeing a, you know, we've, we've witnessed a little old man in the window looking down at us. And it's just, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm not, I'm not hysterical. No, you, you, and it, you, it continues. We've had, the other know, night I had a cupboard door open in the kitchen that I definitely hadn't opened. It's interesting that you say that actually about, about the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, my house, where I live, is in a it's in an old miners' terrace just outside the walls in York. Um, but I found out a year or so ago it's actually built on an old cemetery. Like, oh. no, like no joke. Tick. I, I was talking to <laughs> the oldest person I've ever met in my life, who is one of my neighbours. She's about she's ninety odd, and has lived in the house her whole life. And she was telling me about. Um, her parents talking about this house being uh-huh. built. Like, she was born in there. Oh. But but this house was built on a graves, a, a, a proper graveyard that had been deconsecrated mm-hmm. properly. It was eight, 1877 my Whoa. house was built. So we're talking like these people were sceptical to deconsecrate this graveyard and mm-hmm. build a load of houses on it to begin with. Um, yeah, that doesn't feel right, does it? No. And, and when I when I found out, I thought... I thought how many, <laughs> you know, because it was old. Yeah. 1877, they're deconsecrating this graveyard. I was like, so the people buried in there are like peak ghost age. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're talking like like 16, 1700s people buried in this graveyard that's now just being like industrial revolution, forget about those guys, pave it over. Um, and I imagine if you went up and down my street and knocked on some doors, you would absolutely hear some interesting uh-huh. stories. So are, they st- are, they, are the bodies still down there then? It, I, I couldn't tell you off the okay. top of my head. That there's been some some weird noises in my house recently, and I, I wasn't thinking about them in this. T- in this and frame. now you have. And now I am. You've freaked me out. It sounds like it sounds like my neighbor's chimney is falling apart. I'll just be sitting in the living room, and you'll hear like this, or something like falls down what feels like through the gap in the walls maybe and, um, maybe it is I yeah mean, i mean <laughs> our roof is falling apart so. yeah who knows <laughs> who knows i mean I, yeah just a load of students live near me so they're just probably shaking the foundation yeah absolutely all. with their rock and roll eight track tapes and such <laughs> yeah well we had nothing in our old place when we first when we first met each other we lived in a small flat that was a very new building it was less than 10 years old so mm. obviously you know not not a great deal of hauntings to be had but this new place is it's wild. It's strange. Mm. I've had an instance where uh, I've I've been walking down the stairs and I've almost felt like I've needed to step out of the way to let somebody pass by me, and it's mm. there's nobody there, and it's uh, strange. That's that, that's quite similar familiar to the um, Stonegate Antique Shop. People always saying they they step out of the way. Mm. Hey, we had it. And somebody they, tell us about that the other day. Yeah, actually. they sort of they, they don't even know why they do it. They just literally it's almost like a, a reaction, and they kind of stop and move out the way, and then something, and they'll kind of when they sort of think about it, they go, "But why? There's nothing. There's nobody there. Yeah. Why have I done that?" Um, so, have you ever? Have you never had an encounter or an experience or anything like? So we 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 worked on the Ghost Bus together. We did. Like, well, I say together. We you know we 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 never did tours to get adjacently, um, but we. I had a couple of strange incidents on that bus. So these buses mm. that we did, if, if, if you're not familiar with the Ghost Bus Tours, um, it's a tour company that operates in York, London and Edinburgh. I don't know why I'm advertising them at this point, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, but the buses that they use are old 1950s and 60s Routemasters, mm. the classic, you know, domed roof, open-backed buses you'd see trundling around London. Mm. Um, and 
I had a couple of strange incidents on those things where I would be sort of buttoning up the bus at the end of the night, putting mm. everything away. And I'd go upstairs to check or I'd look in this so other, they had those curved staircases. And for the conductors to look up the stairs, they'd have a big domed mirror. Some of them did, some of them didn't. Some of them, they'd been smashed and not replaced. But we had a bus that had one. And a couple of times I'd look up into the mirror and I'd clearly and distinctly see someone still sat on one of the chairs. And mm. they'd go running, you know, go walking upstairs and be like, oh, no, come on now, we're closing up for the... Uh, and there'd be nobody there. And I'd be like, absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. Our driver, John, lovely, lovely chap. A um, couple of times I thought he was moving around upstairs because could hear, you could hear someone walking around upstairs on the yeah. bus. I'd go upstairs and there'd be, there'd be nobody there. And again, you kind of go... You know, could be artifacts and reflections, could be the bus cooling down after mm. moving, the metal resettling, all that sort of stuff. But there was something about I think it was it was mostly the atmosphere of the thing because it was this yeah. old, you know, spooky looking thing mm. that that kind of elevated. It certainly does lead you down that yeah. path for sure. I mean, that's that's why it is fun, yeah, to do. To and talk, it was fun yeah. for me to to yeah. to shout on. I love shouting on that bus. I think about it all the time. But this is where, um, just to big you up a bit, I think this is where you guys do a really great job. Because you're not out here pretending no anything. No. You're out here with your hands up saying, look, I, I'm I'm relatively sceptical about this kind of things, but these are some experiences yeah, that I've and these had. These are the stories. I'm, and- I'm interested to know. And, and from my perspective, you know, of all the people I know, you're the one most likely to encounter these things because you're putting yourself in those situations. Uh-huh. So when you tell me that you think you've seen something, yeah. I take that on board uh-huh. more so than I would with almost anyone else that I know. Like bringing it all the way back to East Drive. Yeah. When you were fairly convinced you saw right. that person the, over the stairs. Yeah, right the staircase. Were we even still recording? No, so we finished recording and we were just going around taking a few Polaroid shots of the house and, yeah. and images for social media. Remember he found the hat and he put it on and he went, take a picture of me. Yeah, and as I put the hat on and I took off, and she's, um, the photo was taken and I took the hat off and then I just happened to look up the stairs mm. and I just, for a fleeting moment, was absolutely certain I saw the sort of shadow of like a hand, mm-hmm. almost like it was draped over the stairs just really slowly lift up and honestly my my whole body went cold and i they, ah, i this was is, looking at you when you yeah, saw it it was i was horrible. stood in the kitchen talking to you as as you walked towards the bottom of the stairs you know you come out of the kitchen into the kind of stairway landing walk down the corridor you got to turn back on yourself to go up the stairs and me and me and me and dorian were just chatting and he's walking down this corridor turns around to go up the stairs and he's just he just stops for a second he's looking up the stairs just Completely silent. Then he looks back at me, and then he just comes out of the room. Uh, <laughs> I'm right. like, just one moment. I'm like, what? You know no, what? No, and he no. didn't even say. He didn't even say. No. For a couple of minutes, you were just like, I, I don't, because, and I had very I much was the processing. Same, I had very much a similar. I, I don't, you know, not that, to speak for you, but I, I was very aware of everything that happened in there because I didn't want to imagine something uh-huh. that wasn't really happening yeah. because obviously this house is set up in such a way as to put all of these things in your peripheral vision and and really put you in that that vibe and put you yeah. in that area and that state of mind so that you are more open to having these mm-hmm. encounters and I, and I I was really wary that I didn't want to just think I'd seen something yeah, yeah. and get in on the hype as it were and you were very much in the same state of mind and to see all the color just like leave your face mm-hmm. in that moment i was like right this is this is something else one thing i randomly turned up as we were talking about like 
do, do you know, do you, obviously, people always associate cold with hauntings. People talk about when mm. they see something frightening, they feel like they go cold, that, they, that, they, that the temperature drops. Do you know why that is? It's because it's a fear response. When your body becomes frightened, it basically puts you into like a fight or flight scenario. All the blood rushes to your organs, to your certain, to the brain, to adrenaline, mm. and your hands and your feet will feel cold because it's essentially... It's pulling resources from your extremities because they're not particularly needed at that moment. Mm. So it's kind of, that's why people kind of go, oh God, I just suddenly get shivers and feel cold. It's because, yeah, it's basically pulling yeah. the juice out it of makes sense. these bits. And it's sort of, mm. uh, yeah, that's, that's that why people, people respond. That's why people say they feel cold mm. when they're frightened mm. because it's, your body's kind of going defense mode. I must <laughs> always be frightened. Because <laughs> you're always cold. <laughs> Just the constant state of alarm. Yeah. So I've got to, to change gears a little bit. I'm really interested in like the the mechanics mm-hmm. of the supernatural. Because uh, for me, as much as I say I don't necessarily believe in, in ghosts per se, I do think that strange things happen. And I do think there's probably an explanation for that. And what that exactly is, where that comes from, I don't know. Whether that's dead people or it's future people or it's Uh we had a brief discussion before we started about like you know other dimensions and universes and and things like that because i I think from a from like a physical Mm -hmm. sciencey point of view i think that's possible if not likely that those things exist so i'm interested in kind of your perspective where where do you think these these things that people see in these experiences you've had where do you think they come from like what are they tethered in the things that I've experienced in our house, for uh-huh. example, I often think, oh, it sounds really silly to say it, but like, is it like a dimensional, mm. like, hiccup? Mm. Or is this, are, are the things that I keep experiencing things that have happened before that are like replaying? I think time uh-huh. as a concept is super interesting. Right, because I think we as people, as like animate human beings on this planet, we have a very narrow view of time, which is that we can only possibly experience the moment that's happening right now. We will never again experience anything that's happened in the past, and the only way to get to the future is to keep going mm-hmm. at the pace that we're in. But when you look at the universe as a whole, mm-hmm. from a physical scientific standpoint, that isn't how it works at all, because everything in the universe according to like einstein and that perceives time at a totally different well not a totally different but a different rate and things that are super far away are experiencing a different slice of time like you look out into space for example if something's two light years away that means that you look at what they were doing two years ago that's the basic concept same for you yeah. Right. So that means that, that, that they're not in the same no, bit of no. time that we are. And what that means is that on a universal and a grand scale, everything's kind of all happening at once. Because depending on where you are in the universe, you're going to see different things happening mm-hmm. at different times and depending on the speed you're traveling at and all sorts of things like that. So I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that the present as it is happening, as we are perceiving it now is, is the true nature of reality. And I think that for me personally, if there are ghosts and apparitions and resonances and things like this, it, what we're seeing there is kind of 
echoes of the past and maybe even the future that are not necessarily happening now, but just always happening. And we're seeing moments where those bits of time are kind of thinner and we can see through them and we're getting these echoes of, of things. And it's not so much that that's what I think the loop thing is an interesting idea because it might be that that little segment of time is somehow, yeah. you know, moved its way here or we're just, you happen to be standing in the right spot. There's the right thing on the ground. You're standing in the right room to, to mm-hmm. experience this kind of, crossing over I, I like time. to imagine that at some point in history um one of our ghosts from our time in the ghost bus will manifest or, or say the term ghost to describe yeah. a vision and someone will just basically maybe not see the bus because it's you know not a it's not a physical living object yeah maybe they'll just see us floating <laughs> two feet off the ground <laughs> just wearing a flying hat. up bishop thorpe road gesticulating wildly in Holding the sky like, he's so back cold. again <laughs> the floating man How of bishop thorpe road be? Einstein believed in this concept of relativity and everything uh-huh. so wholeheartedly that um, when, his, when his best friend died, um, he wrote a letter to his best friend's wife telling her that he was not going to mourn his friend because he didn't believe that he truly died. Hmm. Because according to relativity and we're us all not perceiving Mm -hmm. time at the same time the fact that he's no longer in the present and being perceived by us doesn't make the moments of the past any less legitimate each each passing moment doesn't pass and then it's gone because if you went a light hour away and you looked back at me i'd be an hour ago so if i die right now I never really die. You just have to get further away from me. So I still exist. You just can't interact with me anymore. Mm. We're no longer causally linked, but I'm not gone. And nothing from the past is truly gone because you can always just get further away and look back. I, I always get asked the question that I asked you right at the start. Of mm, of course, do, do you yeah. believe in ghosts? And I get it all the time. And my answer has varied over the, 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 the years that we've been doing this for now. And I think, if anything, the needle is swinging further and further and further to, you know, something, mm. something inexplicable. And in a way, I kind of, I hope we get answers, you know. I hope that we don't just tragically wink out of existence one day and then that's just... What, you or humanity? Well, every, I mean, at the rate we're going, I don't, really know, I don't know how much longer the planet's got. Um... But no, I mean, I mean, like more like us. Like, it, I just, I hope that, I hope that it's not just a case of one day you, you know, when, when you, when you do die, mm. that that's not just, you know, I hope that, I hope that you kind of, you can maybe go to a room where there's like a man and there's like, like there's a PowerPoint presentation mm. and they kind of go right. So this is what it was all about, and you go, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense actually. Oh, awful. I, re- I remember what part three of my thing was going to be. Thank you. I'm more and more convinced that that humans and really animals and all sorts of things on this planet, we're not so much as individual as we think that we are. Because if you look at us on like a, a macro scale, if you zoom right out, as I, as I like to do, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're more like, a, like a, an interesting growth on the mm. planet. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Humans uh-huh. and animals, and we're just plants that mm-hmm. can make pizzas. That's really all that we are. <laughs> That's a new badge. That, 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 can we have that for the merchandise? And you please take it, as long as I get one for free. Um, plants that make pizzas. Plants that make pizzas. But, but yeah, and I, I also think, I think children and the minds of children are super interesting. They come out, don't children say the darndest things? <laughs> I, so, I say this in my yeah. tour. Yeah. So, so why can't we imagine that 
when I die, my bit of the consciousness goes back into the fungus that is humanity, pops out in a child. By the time I'm able to express that I lived a whole life and my name was the Don, nobody would believe me when I was young enough to remember. And by the time you're old enough to say anything about it, you've forgotten what you were doing when you were Mm -hmm. a kid. So I like this idea of this kind of cyclical reincarnation-y kind of a mm-hmm. life where, where we're mm-hmm. all this kind of a hive brain and you 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 pop out into a kid. <laughs> I keep saying that. It's a very strange way of phrasing <laughs> that. But but yeah, because you're, you're, you, then your child brain forms and even if you were able to remember everything that happened in your past mm-hmm. life, by the time you were able to express that to somebody, you wouldn't remember all of that stuff that had happened. But it might form your might inform your personality because you know your personality starts super early Uh they say that you're you're pretty much who you are from a very young age certain things that happen to you when you're a kid Mm -hmm. it stands to reason that kids also take on the personality of whoever they were before and they might not have any of those memories but you ever met a two-year-old who knows exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen? Yeah. It's because your name was Dennis and you worked at the accounting firm. I also, I think this is a <laughs> this is a thing for another episode because there's a lot I have to say about this. Mm. But I do have friends who have got very young children who have just out of the blue said things about yeah. their lives, mm-hmm. their previous lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you read about it all the time on the internet. Predictable they have or... these imaginations, you think, mm. and they say they have they have things that they want really mm-hmm. badly, and they have things that they like and things that they don't like, and no reason, as far as a parent could tell you, as to why those things are. Why not? I mean, we're it very just be that we're very big on recycling in York. <laughs> Glass, paper, plastic. Why not people? Yeah, yeah. you could be the 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 two hundred thousandth regeneration of a certain. And, and it's hard to call that a person. Yeah. But like a, oh. like a personality, a spirit, a, and a whatever you want to call it. And maybe some of these guys get stuck and that's how they become mm-hmm. spirits and ghosts uh-huh. that you see. You get lost. Oh. And then maybe one day somebody moves into the creepy old mansion and it likes the look of you and you have a baby and there you go. Yeah. Sorted. Well, there we go. Um, I hope we haven't fried your brains too much with yeah. all of this. We got a little bit, you know... He got a little bit intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yes. hope I I, uh, I often bore my friends with um, with theoretical physics, so I, I hope that it was, uh, I was relatively concerned. There was a lot of energy in it, which is good. You know? Thank you. It wasn't it wasn't like a really dry. I do TED fancy talk. myself a bit of a Brian Cox. <laughs> was the that an impression stars. of Brian Cox? I'm terrible at Brian Cox. The stars, the planet's tidally locked to its. Yeah, that's star. awful. That's oh, absolutely that good, shocking. Ten on ten. Sars, unbelievable. Get out. All right. Bye. If you'd like to hear the full and unedited version of the interview with Donald Deathly, come and join us on the Deathly Dark Patreon, where we post all kinds of uh, extended interviews, extra tidbits, audiobook readings, descriptive moments of foul terrors, and, 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 and so much more, as well as getting free tickets for walking tours and online virtual shenanigans. Anyway, it's competition time here on the Deathly Dark podcast. We are giving away Lily the Doll. Uh, we bought this with our own cold, hard cash. We've got one for ourselves, obviously. And we've got one to give away with you. And if you want to have Lily the Doll in your own house, lurking up the corridors and hiding in the shadows, here's what you need to do. 
You're going to find a post on our Facebook page. Go find it. And you just need to comment the two words that we are about to um, rather foully mention repeatedly. Probably, I would say, too many times. Um, something bucket. What goes in the bucket? Go over to Facebook, find the post, and comment what goes in the bucket to be entered into the draw. We'll be drawing the winner around about the middle of July with an aim to get her into your house by the end of the month. Good luck. Yes. Right. This is, this is me now, this next yeah. section. Okay. I've got something really special for okay. you. So t- tell us about this section. So traditionally, this is a section where we find a mad ghost story. Yep. Something a little bit unusual uh-huh. um, to share with each other as a little surprise. Okay. Because... Wait, what do you mean usually? What have you done? <laughs> oh, God. Braces, <laughs> oh, what, self... What was your story last time? Uh, ghost, ghost pirate. Ghost pirate, yeah, the okay, woman who so, fell in love with the ghost pirate. Right, well, this story, I think you're going to really love it. Um, it was reported by Teesside Live, Ooh. so you'd be like, well... I'm familiar with their work. Can't be that bad. Headline... Okay. <laughs> Man's girlfriend chatted up by ghost who texts her after trip to haunting hotspot. Ooh. Right, strong start, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so a Teesside man believes a ghost texted his girlfriend from his phone after a day trip to York. Yes. <laughs> the man from Stockton, who wishes to remain anonymous. Of course he does. Yep. Believes he was the victim of paranormal activity after visiting the haunted city on Monday, March the 21st. The couple had enjoyed a day out and sampled a couple of the city's 365 pubs. Sure. That's the whole thing. I don't even think there are that many anymore. Anyway, then at 2am, while they were both asleep, his girlfriend received a text from his phone. Wait, what? Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Oh, And he believes a ghost was behind this message. Right. 40-year-old man, don't know why that matters, said, I'm not going to do his accent. When we were in York, I took a photo of the corridor in a pub leading to the toilets because I thought it looked creepy. Doesn't mention the name of the pub. Okay. Thinking nothing of it, I just sent it to my girlfriend so she could see. At 1.48am the next morning, we both received a text from my phone saying, can you call back later? Okay. I hadn't sent this text, obviously, because I was asleep. So we were both really confused to where it came from. I think it may have been from the haunted pub we'd visited earlier in the day. Wow. Goes on to say, the message didn't stop there. With the man finding a message typed out on his phone ten hours later, there was unsent, which read... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We are in... 4N2Z4NB. Right. Unsure what these series of numbers and texts and letters meant, he took to the internet to find out more. Okay. This is where it gets really good. The Stockton man added, I googled these numbers and it came up with an equation created by German scientist Armand Huckel. (laughs) (laughs) The Huckel formula using... 4n plus 2 is a calculation of molecular orbitals on electron systems. Naturally, I'd never heard of this. 
and never used this equation in my life, so I'm very unsure how it ended up as an unsent text message on my phone. <laughs> he says he can't think of anything else other than visiting one of York's haunted pubs that resulted in a ghost sending cryptic texts and equations on his phone, or maybe something more explainable. He said, Well, it's either paranormal activity or someone's managed to hack into my phone number and send texts on my behalf. I don't know how the texts got there. Neither of us sent them. Neither of us had any text like that since. With no explanation to the man's text messages, the mystery continues. Wow. What do you think about that, then? Wow. Well, at first, when you said the whole can you call me back later thing, I yeah. was like, well, it's a glitch because that's like a, an auto-response. Auto yeah, yeah. Like you can kind of sometimes, you know, my, my, my little watch computer that I wear, I, I, if someone messages me, I've got like a, I've got like a, a list of like five quick Mm-hmm. Okay, bye, will do, call back Thumbs later, up. things like that, yeah. Um, but then the, the the equation thing is like so... We are inv for uh, n 2 z for mb We are invited for night... Sleep and breakfast. Sleep and breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. We are invited for sleep and breakfast. It looks like a half a response. Yeah. Oh, I did. That then I turned into a crazy know. German equation. I was really kind of, I mean, it was great, but I was, I, I'm a bit, I was a bit disappointed. Oh. No, no, just because I, I, had a, I had a feeling that it was going to sort of take on some kind of weird, like, I, I got, I got a text off my phone at two in the morning. And it was like, what, what pants have you got on? Well, yeah, because the headline was "Man's girlfriend chatted up by ghost." Yeah, that's very misleading because yeah. there's, there's no unless unless she's particularly turned on by by mysterious German equations. Yeah. It's a very specific kink to have. Oh, I just the fact that it was from York as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was just yeah. too good to be true. I know, right? That's a oh, that's <sighs> so good. Wow, wow. I mean, you know, the Jack, the pirate ghost we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. could have been him. At least he had the he had game though. At least mm. you know, he was coming in all you know. I mean, we assume that he looked like Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean, considering <laughs> that's the T-shirt that she wore and she had the photograph of him. And I have to say, I did actually, when I was looking for my weird, mad story, mm-hmm. I did find out another person that's claiming to be having a relationship with a ghost pirate, so... He, get, he gets around, that boy, mm. when he's, he's, he's not putting together sexy German equations. <laughs> that's uh Yeah, I was sort of hoping it was going to take a bit of a like a, an eyebrow-waggling... Like, and he was and he was kind of quickly rolling back, going, "Oh, it was a ghost!" Like he he was he was actually sending it to, <laughs> um, and, and maybe he was, maybe to this day, maybe 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 that maybe that's code, mm. you know. He's texting his other half. Hey, we're in for a bit of the old B four four MB four MB. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I'll be around later on for some of those. Can you call back later? Yeah, call back later. We'll, we'll have four four MBs, <laughs> four nutty biscuits. <laughs> Yeah, oh. that's what the kids are calling oh, it. Come round here, okay, I'll come round my house. I'll give you a nutty biscuit. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh my nutty lord! Biscuits. I'll give you a right nutty biscuit. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'll nutty biscuit you up to the elbow. <laughs> what? I don't even know. Bring your nutty biscuits around here. Uh. Slap them into my nougat bucket. <laughs> Oh no, that was unintentionally filthy. I really didn't intend for that to be quite so despicable. I'm going to leave it in, but I apologise. I don't really apologise. You should hear the things he's cut out. Yeah, you should hear the, the stuff that ends up on the floor. Uh, we can't leave this in. 
I mean, we probably can, but we'll just tell everyone that it's currently one minute to midnight at the end of an incredibly yes. long day. And at that moment, we'll say, you've had your podcast, right? Put it in your bloody ears. If go you've to been, bed. Go to bed. Think about Robert the without Doll. Without your tea. Yeah. No nutty biscuits for anybody without consent. And, you know, all remember to... Wipe. The n- nougat bucket <laughs> down... <laughs> I don't even know what it means. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, God, if you've enjoyed this absolute shambles of an episode, um, don't forget, wherever you, if you're listening to it on something, if it's got the ability to leave a review, do it. And if not, just send us a message in yeah. the middle of the night. Send us some cryptic nonsense Please at four do. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please Maybe that's do. the competition to win Lily the Doll. Is the who, can, who can send us the most cryptic nonsense? <laughs> Please don't do it at four in the morning. Please don't reply. do it at four in the morning. No, but still, my because I have my gadgets on a little stand thing. And it lights and up And it the lights whole room. up and sometimes I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> buckets overflowing. On that note. I think it's time. Um, yeah. If you want the uncut, unfiltered version of the interview with Donald Deathly, you can find it. Uh, I think it's about 45 minutes of deep theological nonsense. Um, Hopefully quite enjoyable. And it's available on our Patreon. Um, We do urge you to join us on Patreon because uh, going forward, we're going to be doing a number of live walking tours um, of various things around York and Yorkshire. Um, and the only way they're going to be accessible is through a new touring platform that we're partnering up with. Um, and you'll, the, the way, essentially, they'll be, they'll be ticketed from now on at a very low cost, but Patreons get access to them for free. Yes. So join us on Patreon, um, and you get all sorts of cool things. You get readings of ghost stories of, um, I don't know, it's a very random load of nonsense, access to other stuff that isn't available on um, Facebook and, and Instagram and TikTok and shumble, wangle, whip, nougat bucket. Good night, Mrs. Deathly. Good night, Mr. Deathly. Let's go and.